0: Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This
1: is Kathy Adams.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 278. Yeah. 277 was last Friday, sweetie. Great. We've interviewed Kenji.
1: Yep. Yeah. About heroin. I hope everybody listened to that. Me too. Um, That was, I re-listened to that interview and I just gained a lot of insight from Dr. Kenji. So listen to that show. Um, On today's show, we are going to talk about
0: autonomous and relational learning.
1: Uh, Autonomous versus relational learning, or maybe not versus, just how they differ. Sounds
0: boring, but we're going to make it sound better. How
1: about, let me give you different words. Learning about life on our own, learning about life through relationships. All
0: right. I'm going to talk about temptation bundles. Temptation bundling, sweetie. I don't know what that is. I'm here to uh, bestow my wisdom upon you. Okay, good. Good. You sounded really excited. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we also have an interview at the end of this show. We do. One of our amazing partners, Rita Hyland, who's a very inspirational speaker, coach, everything else. Uh, we're going to have her on at the back end of this uh, podcast, and she, we have a great conversation with her for about 15, 20 minutes.
1: Well, and like I, I say this during the interview, but Rita's a good friend, and I say this to her a lot. She, she really is fun with words. Like she has great metaphors to describe how one is feeling or what they're doing in their life. So listen to the interview just to give yourself new language about um, how to describe the way you feel with metaphoric language. How's that? Is that? Did I explain that well?
0: I I don't think it could have been explained any more precisely. See, see. I'm here for you. I know. Thank I'm you. I'm a little uh, without my a little blind because I don't have my sound effects because I moved my folder, on my laptop from one place to another.
1: Oh, so you're not even going to play them?
0: What? Which ones? Any of the good ones? Yeah. Probably not. We're okay. flying blind.
1: Can we talk about before you jump into what we're going to talk about? Can we talk about uh, David Bowie
0: in a second? Okay um always remember sweetie our motto okay the best predictor of a child's well-being
1: parent self-understanding is a
0: parent's self-understanding and i also want to give a special shout out to our first partner jeremy craft that bald-headed beauty he's
1: usually at the end and you're putting him at the beginning i like it
0: i am because i emailed him and said you want me to focus on anything he's like yeah talk about basements it's a good winter job so yeah, if there's anybody in the area that is thinking about doing something with their basement, Jeremy's your guy. 630-956-1800. That's avidco.net. But first. Still
2: the days seem the same. And these children that you
0: spit on, stay try to change their worlds. Are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. <laughs>
2: Genius.
1: Sweetie, why are
0: we playing this?
1: Because I woke up this morning very early and a friend of mine who actually lives in India right now had posted in the middle of the night that David Bowie passed away. And it was a little shocking. There are certain people when they die, it, it kind of identifies your own mortality. Like David Bowie's just been in our life since day one. He,
0: I, 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 I was never a big fan. Right. I was a big fan of this song, Right. as a big fan of this, the lyric, because I think we can put our own, um, our motto, you know, best predictor of child's well-being, the one that starts the breakfast club and these children that you spit on as they try to change the world, that could be our motto too.
1: Right. It's, because it's
0: all about us forgetting what it's like to be a kid, and here we are trying to raise kids.
1: And simultaneously respecting or disrespecting the fact that that they are quite aware of Of their own experience.
0: Right. And we think that they're not.
1: And we think that we should tell them what to do and that they don't know anything and that we're like filling like some empty glass with information when really they come in with plenty of information.
0: I feel like we missed it a little bit because we were a little too young to appreciate Bowie.
1: I don't think so. I think that the 70s were the beginning for him, but... David Bowie was a huge part of the m t v generation I mean there was the his videos were really controversial, and i'm gonna be honest and say that I wasn't like the hugest Bowie fan like right. other people are um but there were certain songs that kind of they there are certain points of my life. Do you know what I mean like um, I just remember it like you know we did i did a Palm routine in high school to Modern Love, and when we were in college, we loved Blue Jean. We played that song all the time, and then you know, China Girl video was really controversial. You remember that?
0: No, I don't remember any of this. The
1: the thing that that I said to Todd this morning about David Bowie was that I remember his video Ashes to Ashes, and I never really liked that song, but he always was a little eerie to me. Like he he a little always creepy. Cre- creepy sounds so negative and mean, he just was always a little... I mean, he was Ziggy Stardust, you know? He was a little out there. Yeah. And um, so I never fully got it all. (laughs) But I appreciated it all. And then um, I was uh, the other thing that I read this morning that's come to light is that he has known that he was going to die for the last 18 months, or he knew that, you know, he had cancer. So he knew and we didn't. Um, And he spent this last 18 months making this album that he put out. Um, And, you know, the album before you know, while he was still living, got great reviews and was really highly uh, lauded. And um, he did that on purpose. Like he knew he was dying. Part of the plan. I think that people are going to watch his videos and – Read his lyrics in a really different way, um, and I re- I watched one video this morning. Um, I can't remember what it was, Lazarus, or I can't remember what it was, but it's really beautiful. You know, he talks about being a, a bird and being free, and um, it, it just when you when you uh, listen to it or watch it through that lens, I have such an appreciation for him and how brave he was um, to just die doing his art, yeah. right.
0: Yeah, it's kind of poetic. And, it is, and yeah, sad but meaningful. Meaningful, yeah. Well, and he didn't have to, you know, that didn't have to be this terribly sad. Like he didn't run away from it. He I was guess.
1: contemplative, yes. and again, the lyrics that I that I read, um, he just was contemplative. He didn't. He wasn't like, oh, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be fine. He was afraid. He there was pain, there was struggle, but there was also this sense of. Um, curiosity. And there's just something interesting about someone who really is about to die. You know, it's part of the reason that we're so taken with people who, like, you know, we talked about Randy Pausch, the last lecture, he wrote that book knowing that he was going to pass away. Or I remember this woman um, who was on Oprah, probably 25 years ago, who she knew she was gonna die. And so she created all these videos for her children. Right. So she could, you know, show them and who she was as they grew up. But there's something just really... Um, inspiring about that and brave. So um, we were sad to hear about David Bowie. And I'm sure many of you who are our age feel the same way. And um, I just didn't want to let a show go by without at least acknowledging.
0: That's right. Um, We actually did a few different shows on death. Um, One is we did it in April, so about 11 months ago. Um, Nothing is certain except death and taxes. We talked about uh, being mortal that uh, Mm -hmm. book that I love so much. that's right. That was ZenParentingRadio.com slash 227, in case you're interested. Um, And we've done a few others, but whatever. You'll find them. Go to the search box on the website. Um, So do you want to talk first about this uh, learning thing, or do you want me to go?
1: Uh, I'll start because I don't think this will be too long. I... There was something I was, I was listening to, um, Alanis Morissette has a new podcast. She's only got about four episodes, but I've been enjoying it. Um, I knew she was really bright and, um, conscious, very self-aware, very self-aware. Isn't She's, that ironic? <laughs> um, I knew that because I had seen her interviewed and, you know, I read a lot of what she does. Um, she blogs and everything, but the podcast is really interesting and, um, there was something that came up, and I don't even know if they set it up like this, where they were putting them one against the other. But she was talking to Harville Hendricks, who um, wrote the book um, "Getting the Love You Want and Keeping the Love You Find." He wrote them with his wife, um, Helen. Helen Hunt. Helen LaKelly Hunt. I, she probably puts LaKelly there because you know there's I, another. I was just Helen guessing Hunt. that, and I was right. I'm so great. That's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad told me I look like Helen Hunt the other day. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, thanks, Grandpa Al. Um anyway, so Helen LaKelly Hunt is his uh wife and uh, Harvel Hendricks' wife. And they write about something called Imago. Uh it's a kind of like a um a relationship therapy theory. And basically it is that um when we partner with someone, the reason we choose the person we do is we want to heal our wounds from childhood. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember we talked about this one. Time. We probably did on yeah. a show. Um, his whole thing is you come together with somebody. Uh, he, I think he actually coined the term. Uh, Gary Zukav may have too, but it doesn't matter because they overlap. Um, spiritual partnership. Mm. The whole intention of being in partnership with someone, if it be your significant other or friendship or even your parents, is to grow from that relationship and figure out who you are through that boundary of relationship. Got it. You know what I mean? You yep. have to again, I I was talking about a few shows ago, you gotta rub up against something to realize who you are. Right. You know, you have to be triggered to realize how you handle a trigger. Um and he was talking about how he really believes that growth, true growth. Um, or self-awareness comes, happens through relationship. Yeah. And I was nodding my head, nodding my head, thinking it does, it does, it does. But then I got home and I was thinking about how important it is to have autonomous growth, meaning how important it is for me to have my own time of contemplation and awareness about myself. Okay. So then I can go into a relationship conscious and willing to notice what I do and grow from that.
0: Isn't the easy answer just to say it's both?
1: Yes, that is the easy answer. Um,
0: And when you say relationship, like let's say you're reading a book, is that part of the relationship or is that the solitude?
1: No, that's autonomous. Like I think of, you know, because people will say I've grown so much, I've read these books, I've watched these shows, I've listened to these podcasts, but are you taking it to the street? Got it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there, some of them are teachers, um, who talk a lot about what they've learned and what they've read and, you know, how much they've grown, but they're not really doing it.
0: Yeah. You walk, know, walk the walk.
1: Right. It's the same thing. Walk the walk, practice what you preach. Um, be, and, and when you do that, here's the risk. When we are autonomously learning or we're meditating and journaling and we're having all these ahas and amazing awarenesses, it feels really good. Right. Wouldn't right. you say that?
0: I would agree with that. I think I know what you're about to say, but go ahead.
1: When you take that into a relationship, it's not always so rosy. Meaning,
0: there's more variables.
1: A, there's a lot more variables. B, you're not going to be right all the time. No. Um, C, just like I already said, the nature of a of a trigger. The only way you know how you handle crisis is when you're in a crisis. Right. The only way you know how you you can tell people, oh, I can handle crisis because I'm so zen. But until you're in it, yeah. And until you're confronted with something challenging, what do you really do? Yeah, And that's why I think like it is simple to say, oh, you need both. But I think a lot of people think if I just meditate and I just journal, then I'm doing good things for the world. But what are you doing in relationship with others? So
0: would you advise people to have a not an even balance, but at least a balance of each? Because if all you're doing is you're in a relationship and you're not going back to solitude or you're not journaling or you're not meditating or you're not even thinking about what it is that you want to do, your intention, that's not good. Correct. And vice versa. Correct. If all you're doing is reading or standing on a mountaintop and you shut out your wife or your husband right. or your spouse or your partner or your kids and you're not putting any of those elements into practice, that's not good either.
1: Correct. That so was really well said. So what do you do? Well let's said.
0: let's grade you. Um,
1: and well, then I'll grade me. Okay. I, I'm
0: going to get a good grade, by I, the way. Okay. <laughs> You're going to win. I'm going to win. Speaking of winning, <laughs> oh no, I knew you Golden were going Golden Globe this up. Awards last night. Ay, ay, ay. Um, you are Miss, um, you know everything about everything on Hollywood. Right. And, and. Oh, we're
1: having an earphone problem. <laughs> That's my dad stopping.
0: I fixed it. <laughs> um,
1: so I miss everything who knows everything
0: about Hollywood and Correct. award shows and who won last night.
1: You won. You won by a point.
0: I don't, it doesn't matter how much I won by, sweetie.
1: Yes, it does matter because no, no, no. it was a very I close win, race.
0: I win, you lose. Well, here's... and I didn't do any research because I've cheated—not cheated in the past. But yes, thank you for saying the truth. I have empowered myself with information <laughs> shortly before the. Award ceremony begins.
1: Well, here's how I do it. I empower myself with information year round. So I read about all these movies. I don't even care if I see the movie And then I'll go to it.
0: the odds makers and right. they'll just talk. So me.
1: that is a little more of a cheating versus like have. Here's where I struggled with the Golden Globes because I actually enjoyed a lot of the people who won. I really did. Like, right? I was very happy about certain people. Um, I was happy about Lady Gaga. I was happy about Sylvester Stallone. I was really happy about Leonardo DiCaprio. I was really happy about Brie Larson. Here's where I struggled, I didn't know what was going to win best movie for comedy, which is a dumb list of movies they're not comedies at all right um except for train wreck and um drama i I had no idea what was going to win. I really felt lost, and that became obvious in what played out yeah I didn't know the revenant was. Is that my saying right? The revenant. Sure. I had no idea that I was going to win. And what's his name? Um, he won last year for Birdman. Yeah. And so I was Alejandro. like, Alejandro. Alejandro. And I was like, This is no way it's going to happen again. I mean, what what are the odds? Because think about how long it takes to do a movie. How did those movies come out back to back?
0: All I got to say is I got nine right. You got eight right.
1: Vice. Uh, I, got, I got, eight. got seven. You got eight. Yeah. So yes, Ted, you won.
0: Thank you. Now let's grade the
1: the autonomous versus autonomous relational. Versus relational. Well, I think it just I think now, at this phase of my life, it's both. I feel very good about it. I feel like um, i I remember the day I started really, as I say, taking it to the streets, and the first thing I did, I mean I think you always are sometimes you know subconsciously, but I remember a day uh, j c was a baby, so it was probably ten or eleven years ago when I decided to start telling you thank you for things yeah. And I remember waking up and saying, I am going to point out, because you were driving me crazy for some reason at the time. That's not possible. And I said, I am going to start noticing what Todd does and saying, thank you. And it was a huge switch. For
0: example, thank you for taking out the garbage. Correct. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher.
1: Correct. Go ahead. Thank you for being in charge of this, or thank you for noticing this. It, and it,
0: you were saying that because you felt like I- I wanted to be noticed.
1: Yes. And, I, and what I learned, again, and this is the thing, you got, if you read things and you're like, yes, 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 what a lot of people do- Is they read a book or they read a quote and they think about who else needs it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll go
0: to... Always easier to diagnose somebody else than it is to diagnose yourself.
1: Correct. They'll read a book and they'll go, gosh, I have to give this to my brother. Yeah. I have to give this to my sister. I have to give this to my neighbor. And they don't realize how it applies to To them. them. And I think I did that for a long time. And I think that's the beginning of any kind of self-awareness search is that, you know, you read things and you don't, you're don't. you scared to apply it because yeah. you don't know what the outcome will be. When we have lived our lives a certain way and we've kind of kept it together or we've stayed alive, we know what the outcomes are going to be of our behavior. Even if they're negative, we know how to deal with that outcome. When you try something new – You know, you're reading, and you're like, "Oh, I got to try something new." It's scary because you don't know what the outcomes are going to be. So sometimes it's these little subtle shifts that lead to big change. And so I remember doing that, and I remember being like, "This is kind of great because I feel better." And I maybe my intention was initially, I'm going to go in and I'm going to give what I want, but then I wasn't really even looking for it anymore because I felt good about just noticing what you were doing. It kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, And then you know, from then it's just been a big. Good you, know, uh, lot of, lot of you yeah. know a lot of a lot of practicing you know a lot of putting all these things into motion and and now i don't even though I still call it a practice, a lot of it now is um natural yeah you know You've integrated it integrated it in, in so many ways that it's hard for me to remember other ways, so I think i'm better now, but i think or I know I'm better now, but there was a time that i don't think I was
0: um and I would agree with you in that because i you know you and I both read a lot of different books. You you read more than I do. But even me, I'm always thinking about how I can coach it or how I can talk to right. the men's Teach group it. about mm-hmm. it or how I can help my friend with this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's you're spot on with that. But I also think that you are more... Uh, that's something I'm still working through. I still I haven't gotten to that. Um, I'm not as experienced in the how do I walk this talk. Right.
1: How do, how do I put this into my daily experience. Yes,
0: you're a little bit and you're better at the journaling and you're better at the meditating and you actually read more books. So the the individual or whatever it is. What's the one relational versus
1: Re- autonomous. Autonomous. Mm-hmm. You're
0: better at the autonomous whereas I'm I'm a relational person. I'm mm-hmm. You know, like one of my daughters, we kind of need people to be around a lot of the time. Whereas you like solitude or not even solitude, but just your own.
1: I like being alone as much as I like being with people.
0: So for those of you listening, think about yourself and think about your partner. Like where do you guys, Are you do you guys compliment each other? Are you guys both the same? You know, it's an interesting thought.
1: It is. And that's what's fun about it. That's why I want to bring it up is not because I have any solutions or answers necessarily for individuals, but just contemplating if you are one of those people who spouts a lot of quotes and you read a lot. Of books and, you know, you do all these things on your own, but then you go out in the world and you honk at people and you're annoyed and you're gossiping, it, you're not integrating it quite yet. Right. You're not using it in your relationship or you're, you're constantly getting angry and not letting people know how you feel. Um, there's, there's another piece. And then vice versa. I feel like if you keep going like a bull in a china shop into a relationship and trying the same thing over and over again.
0: Time to pull back and get some alone time and yes. figure out some new resources, some new tools.
1: Which I kind of think is, again, this shows on Parenting Radio, the focus is, or sometimes the focus is parenting. I think more often it's self-awareness. But, um, you know, this is what we're trying to talk about on this show, about how you're in relationship with your child, is you have to have some time alone to understand yourself so you can be effective in the relationship with your child. If you keep going toward your child and saying, they need to change, I need to change them, they need to hear me, they need – you have completely missed – 50% if not 100% of how to be in relationship with your child. You have to understand yourself. You have to understand the way, you know, my... Todd and I were just having a conversation this morning about a conversation he had with my oldest daughter. And I was saying to him, I was 100% on his side about what he was doing and what he was saying, or meaning the meaning behind what he was saying. But I was trying to point out to him, do you understand how this language sounded threatening to her?
0: I think it's easier if you explain the situation. Well,
1: he was he was talking about a trip that they're going to go on and how when they, they get home late on a Monday night. Yep. And he said, you need to go to school on Tuesday. Well, she said but I'm going to be exhausted getting home. Why do I need to go to school on Tuesday? Maybe I can miss a half day. Do you want me to keep going?
0: Well, yeah, and I got frustrated because I didn't feel like she was appreciating the fact that we were going to go out of town on a long weekend during school and maybe miss a day of school. And then all of a sudden she's pushing to miss a day and a half of school. And I'm like, back up the truck. Right. And then I tried to explain it in a loving manner. And when she pushed back, and it's funny, I... I can see- uh, You felt the switch? Well, no. I mean, I I used to argue with my dad about details and Mm. all that. And I saw that she's me and I'm my dad. Right. And I didn't even see that. So I did not handle it as well as I probably could have. I said, listen, if you can't, I'm going to expect you to go to school that next morning. And if you can't do it, then maybe we can't go to Florida.
1: And she came downstairs, said something to me about that, and was really like angry. Like- He's saying we can't go unless, and again, she wanted to not go to school that next day, which I wasn't going to get or a half for that. Day. She said or half, a half day, or half day,
0: because we're going to get in, flight lands eleven thirty. Midway probably wouldn't get in until one a.m.
1: Yeah, which is really late. I know. Um, And I said to her, I said, there's a few things I said. I said, number one, that's way far away. So let's not get too focused on the details today. Let's see how things play out and be a little more in flow. I said, number two, maybe you could at least miss orchestra that day. So there's some room for negotiation. Which is the first class. Which is like her early morning thing. And I said, and, you know, three... Uh, you know, tell me exact. I was like, give me his exact words. And she said, he said, we may not even go unless I agree to this. True. So this morning I I gave an ultimatum. Yeah. And that's what I said to Todd is I said, understand once that came out of your mouth, you had just set up a situation where you were threatening her. And I don't mean that you're wrong or that you're threatening her with harm, but you were basically saying to her, you better appreciate or enjoy this or I'm taking the whole thing away.
0: Right. And my perspective was, have a little gratitude towards missing a day of school and getting on an airplane and going to Florida for the weekend. I'm not saying I'm right, but that was my perspective.
1: Exactly. This is perfect though. <clears throat> Remember how we talked about a few shows about how we go roundabout to get our needs met about something different? The roundabout here is you 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 were saying in your mind you should be grateful, which you're right. Right. But you then tried to use something else that has nothing to do with gratitude to make her feel bad about being grateful right. instead of saying straight out I organized this and my hope was you would have some some gratitude, or or I wish you did, or I wish you could see it that way, and you go straight at the true issue. Yeah. Because what what we do is we get so emotional about the fact that they're not grateful because they don't have the life experience. Right. I mean, would I like her to be grateful in that situation? Of course. Can she see it that way at that point? No. Right. These are things I kind of feel like there's people our age who aren't grateful sometimes, as we know. We all are. We all are. So to ask a twelve year old to like see the big picture and see what we're giving up and to see that it costs money, she doesn't know. No. Yeah. But we can tell her. Right. Like, we can actually go at it and say, here's the things I need you to understand. I'm mm-hmm. taking time out. Yeah. You know, like, and go through it and say, I know you want this, but can we focus on this? Right. Because within that, there's a softening. And I said to Todd, then she has to sit with her frustration rather than she gets to play with you. Yeah, our egos
0: frust- are in a tug of war match.
1: Correct. She yeah. gets to use her frustration against your frustration. So- it was. These are an example in an the example. life of
0: uh, Todd and Kathy.
1: Right, an example of practice. Because if someone told you that story, you would know exactly how to play that out. Yeah,
0: but because I'm in it, I can't.
1: Right, and and there very often. Or I'm I in chose it
0: too. not to. I shouldn't say can't. I Correct. could.
1: You couldn't see it. Yeah. Because sometimes we get blinders. It's not that you don't have the information. It's that our emotions. Take away. over, yeah. and it happens to me all the time. the The thing, and it's funny that Rita's going to be on this show because one of something she always says to me is because we talk about this how you know using the practice, using the practice, and how really in life what we're trying to do is just shorten that lag time. Right. Does it take us three weeks to get through something? Does it take us ten minutes, or can we like in a minute turn it around and say I said something inappropriate? Right. Because the truth is, when emotions come over, it's like a veil. It's like we then we lose sight of the important. Issue. Right. So we all do it, and and the question is is can we see it, and then can we contemplate it, which is the autonomous part, and then can we either take action or do it differently next time. That's that's it. There will never be a day when we do all of this perfectly, and if there is, I just don't think there there will be. (laughs) There isn't, right?
0: Well, you're never always going to do it perfectly, but you hope for. More days where you do it better than, you know, it's all about growth, right? It's about growth. Either growing or you're dying.
1: That's right. You're the growing and the, the. and again, I think the best way to say it is a quicker lag time. Yeah. Like you're just, it doesn't take as long.
0: You catch yourself. You catch sooner.
1: yourself sooner. Yeah. And you see, you know, again, this, these are Shefali's words, you know, keep your feelings, check your behavior. Mm-hmm. You can still get angry and she can still somewhat offend you by not being grateful. But what is going to be effective in that moment? Threatening or saying, Really, what you feel, which feels really vulnerable, and for parents, it feels like, Ugh, you know, I don't want to really put all my cards on the table. It's but. like
0: that short uh, poem by Portia Nelson called "The Hole, Sweetie," right?
1: Right, the hole.
0: And we talked about that on a previous show. Maybe I'll include it in the show we'll, notes.
1: We'll read the last. Uh, well, line
0: chapter of... one is: I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Then chapter two, chapter three, chapter four go on. But the last chapter, uh, or chapter four, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five is I walk down another street.
1: Correct. You don't even go that route anymore.
0: So chapter twos and threes just kind of slowly reduce it from chapter one. So I'll include it in the show notes so you can see it. Great. All right. uh, Second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly. ChiroTree.com 630-941-8733 Check out Dr. Kelly if you're interested in getting any chiropractic work if you're living in the Chicagoland area So, uh, the What I want to add to this podcast is something I learned about because I listened to a podcast called Freakonomics which is one of, I think Apple just gave it an award for one of the best podcasts Ever? Uh, yeah, like last year they gave awards and Freakonomics is always up there but uh, the name of the episode was When Willpower Isn't Enough. This is timely because um, New Year's just happened. A lot of people do New Year's resolutions. Uh-huh. And this lady who was in it, her name is Kathy, no, Catherine Milkman. And she's, been, she's a behavioral uh, economics professor or something like that. Okay. And she talks about how she struggled with willpower. So she did these studies. She found it difficult at the end of the long day, and tell me if you can relate to this, uh, after a long day to get to the gym. She found it uh, difficult to stick to your diet, find it difficult to stick to your goals, and and she wanted to know why. And she came up, I don't know if she came up with this or she's just kind of exploring it, the idea of temptation bundling. You want to know what temptation bundling is?
1: Actually, I remember now. You told me in the car the other day.
0: The idea of, temptate, um, t- of temptation bundling is it's tying together two activities. One you should do but may avoid, and one you love to do but isn't necessarily productive. Okay. Can you think of any examples in your life? Where um,
1: you- yeah. The, the first one that comes into my mind, because I think this is the one we talked about, is if there is a TV show that you absolutely love to watch and you just don't feel like you have time to watch it, but you love it and it's a guilty pleasure, why not watch it while you're on the treadmill? Right. So you're on the treadmill, but you're watching the show.
0: Exactly. So that's one example. Another example is getting a pedicure while processing overdue, overdue work emails. Another one is watch your favorite show while ironing or doing household chores. So basically, you just take two different activities that don't seem related and bundle them together I love that so a very easy way of doing it is make two columns write down the pleasures you enjoy and the temptations that you want to do and then column two is to write down the tasks and behaviors that you should be doing but often procrastinate on so you have two different columns one things you love doing one that you just procrastinate about and you figure if there's any ways to make these two things um work at the same time. So one other example is only eat at your favorite restaurant when conducting your monthly meeting with a difficult colleague. Hmm. You know, So get creative with it. But I thought that was pretty interesting. The name of the Freakonomics episode is When Willpower Isn't Enough. I'm simply scratching the surface of what was in that podcast. But I thought it was a pretty cool thing.
1: It's interesting, the ones that you shared, because there's things that I have connected to that. Like when I do get a pedicure, which isn't very often, but I always bring my favorite book, because I'm reading a lot of books at once usually, I will bring the book that I'm most excited to read. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm going to get a pedicure, which kind of to me is also a good thing because I think it's good for your feet, and, right? You know, makes you feel good. But then I sit and read a book that I've been really wanting to sit and read because a lot of times you try and read before bed and you fall asleep. And I totally feel yeah. like I'm getting two things done at once because everything I read. But both
0: of those are pleasurable, right? You like getting the
1: pedicure. Well, yes, I do, and and reading the book is pleasurable too. So I guess you're right. I see what you're saying, but but my big butt is the books I'm reading are usually work-related things that I should be reading. I enjoy it, but I should be reading because it's the most up-to-date science about something or Got it's something it. we're going to talk about on the show. So it's
0: not necessarily your first, you know, you have five books in front of you. Right. The one you choose for the pedicure is not one you would choose when sitting on your chair at home.
1: Well, I might. But it's just the fact that I can <laughs> set aside the time to read because well, I'm not doing it.
0: And a very obvious example is you love putting your headphones on and cleaning the kitchen because oh, you're yeah. listening to Terry Gross or something right, like that. So right. just get creative. Creative and try to figure out how you can do two things at once.
1: That's actually another one that. Um that I started doing a while ago. And, you know, I, ne- I felt like I needed permission because when you're focusing on mindfulness a lot and mm-hmm. when you're focusing on being present, sometimes I feel guilty about wearing my earphones when yeah. I'm doing things. And I was reading a um, Martha um, Martha Beck blog, and this was like a year ago, and she said she can't stand going to the grocery store, which I can't either, and I have to go all the time. She said, so I always wear my earphones because why would I make that more miserable than necessary? Right. And it was almost like she gave me permission because yeah. I'm trying to be mindful all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I was like, screw that. I'm yeah. going to listen <laughs> listen to something I like, and then being at the grocery store is a pleasure. Also, going to the grocery store and getting coffee first. There you and go. And then walking. So through you're with
0: doing coffee. it. We're probably doing this already, at least yes. each of us. But just try to see if you can expand on that idea.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's really great, Todd. Thank you.
0: Um, so, should we do tournament of bad or should we do listener's question? Because we are kind of running out of time well, because we have that awesome interview. The
1: tournament of bad is super quick. So if you have the thing to do tournament of bad. So it's mine today, because I was with some, we were with some friends this weekend, we had a lovely time with some friends. And one of my girlfriends and I were talking about Jimmy John's, I don't know how it came up. But somehow we were talking about that both of our kids like to get Slim's which is basically a Jimmy John sandwich with nothing on it. Right. And that we have both run into the problem of saying, can you give me a Slim and just put some mayonnaise on it? Right. And they say, no, we can't do that, but we'll give you a packet.
0: For mayonnaise. For mayonnaise. So it would be easier and probably cheaper for them to take their knife yes, and put it in the big bucket of mayonnaise Rice, that they have. The tub. And put it on the bread. But instead, no. No. They won't they do that won't do unless that. they charge you an extra whatever. It's like a dollar. Or so then they just give you this packet. So then you got to undo the sandwich right. and then you got to you know get the packet open right. and then you got to put it on and it's stupid.
1: And and I don't think I'm bringing this up so much to complain. And if you work at Jimmy John's, I'm not trying to talk down to you or oh, be yes, negative. No, I'm not. What I'm trying to say is I really, that's one of those things we have to like think about the big picture because I understand you want to save money because that's probably the bottom line, right? Yeah. But and if you were doing this with avocado, I get it. Yeah, because
0: avocado is expensive,
1: right? Or if you there's you know tomatoes, you know sometimes there's things where it's like this costs more money, but there's a big tub of mayo. Yeah, and all you have what's to do is, so
0: special about the mayo?
1: Yeah, why is that more expensive? And what you're losing is this customer service thing, mm-hmm. where to be able to just say, sure, we'll do that. You know, it doesn't yeah. come with that. But sure, we'll throw it on there. Yeah. That goes so and far. That's, and
0: that's not like this Jimmy John's by our house. We've been to driving many. to Florida yes. and they have the same mayonnaise policy. It's the,
1: and, and here's the thing that JC will say if she was on here. They never remember the packet. I would say 80% <laughs> of the time I will say, OK, throw a packet in there. We get home. There's no packet. I know, So it's a problem. Yeah, And I think I'm saying this not so much about Jimmy John's, but about any business that you have.
0: Make the user experience easier.
1: Exactly. And if it's simple and if it really isn't cutting into the bottom line, right. just do it. Because you go so far with the people who are standing in line and who want to have your food. Like You will maintain them right. and it will – what is the word? Not circumvent. It will It'll make the cost of that extra knife full of mayonnaise yeah. go away right. because they will just, come back. Yeah. You
0: just want the experience to be good.
1: Yeah. That's it. So – that's that's my tournament of bad today. Okay.
0: Very good, sweetie. Thank you. So uh, listen uh, to Rita and me and you chat for a little bit, and then we'll come back on the other end to uh, do a few other things on the show. Okay, great. All right. uh, So we have a special guest here. Um, Her name is Rita Hyland. This is actually her second time on the show. I was
1: going to say, Rita's kind of already famous on the show. Why is
0: Rita already famous on the show?
1: Two reasons. Number one, because Rita is one of our partners, one of our really awesome partners. She jumped in. Partners for what, uh, sweetie? For the Zen Parenting Radio Conference. Ah. She jumped in very early because she She believes in us. She does. And she um, is also a good friend. That's a big part of it.
0: Our daughters are good friends. She came through the BU program. She did.
1: Her daughter. And that was going to be the next. Thing. She's Casserly's mom. Yes. Do you remember our Casserly show? Uh, Casserly talked about the soccer team and how she was on a certain team and then she went to a different team and how she handled that so beautifully. And Rita's her mama. You know what? There's another thing why Rita's famous. Why? Can I just keep talking about you? <laughs> Rita was also on Oprah when Shafali was here. Do you remember that, Todd? Uh, no. So when Shafali came to do the second um, Super Soul Sunday, was it Super Soul Sunday or was it a life class? Life class. Life class. She did the second life class, and she did a group of kids, and Casserly was one of those kids. And Rita and her husband Grant, they were on the show too because Casserly said something really profound, and Rita and Grant were there to kind of talk with Oprah and Folly about it on television. That was um, awesome.
0: And I'm just looking at the podcast that we did with uh, Casserly and Rita And it's ZenParentingRadio.com slash Casserly. We did it on June 20th, 2014. Yes. One of my favorite podcasts, actually.
1: Actually, I love that, too. Do you remember? That was like ages ago. Yeah. Wow. Two years (laughs) ago.
0: So one of the things that we um, decided to do for our partners is to have a chat about them on the podcast. And we've kind of been doing it every week. And I did a pretty horrific job of explaining what Rita's program is.
1: Well, I think I would much rather have Rita explain what she does in her words because she does amazing work than have have us try and paraphrase for her
0: right and that's why rita's here
1: so could you have clapping ready to go i
0: got lots of clapping.
1: okay so rita highlands <laughs> Yes. Raise the roof. Yes. Raise um, the roof.
0: Um, what was I going to say about this? Oh, another thing is we like to provide resources to our listeners. Yes. So Rita's not only a life coach, and I'll, I'll you'll do a better job explaining what you do, but she has a program coming coming up that we will uh, let her talk about too. So. Well,
1: and I'll ask this. Is it available? Is this program you're doing? And what's it called again? It's my year. It's my year. And you've done this how many years? This is the fourth. Wow. So you know what you're doing. Yeah. So is this – Open to anybody
2: around the. Yeah. Na- okay, so it's open to everybody. So yeah. tell us. Well, I guess I'll start by just saying what I do in general. Yes. I um, work as a life coach and I work with a lot of people really just to find their passion and their soul's purpose. And from there to um, you know, live a life really that's really alive. I know people want or um, are looking for achievement. Maybe the, they start with me with because they want to transition into a different career or they're challenged in a certain area of their life, or they just know, um, they're appreciative of what they already have, but they're also, um, they know that they want to go take their lives up to another level, their own personal right. right direction. And so I support people in helping them tap into that. And what shows up are big and beautiful things and people living really vibrant, um, meaningful lives based upon what matters most to them.
0: How long have you been doing this for?
2: 17 years. Oh, my gosh, Rita. I know. That's so cool. I know. Isn't that weird to say? It is. It is. You know, my journey started because I was one of those people that felt like I was living a half version of myself. And it just felt, I knew that I was successful by the numbers based upon what that looked like and what I thought I should do and logical, rational goals. But I was really unfulfilled. And eventually that really wears on you. You feel drained by your days and exhausted and depleted. And so – and I didn't even really know what was in my way. I, I was I was just naive. And I, I so I did a lot of – it took me a long time, a couple years to figure out and to, to – to you know, we're never taught this stuff in kindergarten. I wish there was Extraordinary Life 101. Mm-hmm. And um, someday there will be. Um, and you're starting that too. Me I mean too. together we're all doing this. Yes. I mean but um, – so I – you know, it took me a long time with – and I – what I wanted to do by use of this – by this course, you know, one – and I'll tell you how I got the name of it, but was to give people a opportunity in a framework to take the, tr- the training, the inspiration, the um, – in all ways, and it's the best way that I've combined that I can think of the surest way to live your most fulfilling year um, – going back to my own story is that I just, from the career to financial picture, every part of every area of my life was lacking. Mm-hmm. And I, um I, you know, one day, I actually, I serendipitously found a life coach, and was really interviewing her for something and no plan to actually use her. And from that moment, I recognized, I mean, it was like, you know, your Nirvana moment in life where like the stars, I really came out and thought I was seeing rainbows. It was so bizarre. It was like everything was never going to you know, be the same as it was. Um, I recognized the obstacles that were in my way and that I was actually creating the nightmare that I was living. Yes. And it was powerful to figure that out, you know. And um, from there, in, in, in weeks, not years, the crazy, impossible, brilliant vision that I set out started happening. And that's when I was like, I've got to. I got to be helping people do this. This is ridiculous. So, um, so that's where I started for me, and so since then, um, I've just you know it was really magical, and people said, "How can I get in on the magic?" And Mm -hmm. they started noticing how I was um, living, and um, so I've since then started to teach people to do that for the last seventeen years. I work with a lot of different people, from leaders to um, to parents. You know, we all have all these different roles and vocations, and um, but really at the end of the day, it's about finding what makes you feel alive and, um, and living it.
0: Is there a certain yes. segment of the population that you work with more than others, either a type of person or what they're working on?
2: Yeah, I I tend to work with people, biz, people that are in business or um, leaders of anything, whether that be creatives, people that want to make a difference in the world. And I think that comes because that's where I had my stuck point, mm. where I wanted to – not do it by all the rules. And um, and so I um, was so grateful that someone held my hand and held the light on until I could see it for myself. And that pain was so p- big for me that I appreciate and want to be able to do that for others. So I do work with um, people, seasoned professionals and um, business leaders and um, people who are even starting businesses, mm-hmm. you know, but I do I t- tend to work with people that... It might be in professions that it isn't their lifelong work or their lifelong dream. Well, what it's kind what if, like a, Go ahead. I was going to say it's kind of like a compassionate set point. Like I find that that's
1: what I always say on the show is I remember being certain ages of my life. You know, like fifth yeah. grade, like the yeah. whole BU thing. So I work with those people because I remember exactly how I felt yeah. when I was a kid this age or when I was a new mom. And you you remember exactly how it feels to want to do big things and want to be quote unquote successful, but how that doesn't
2: really feel successful. Everybody's yeah. telling you, here's the ladder, but it really doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, and 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 so it is. So that's where my my soft spot is yes. for those people. And so um um it's you know, what does it look like? You know, these people It's and I and I had said it to someone, you know, I just can mm-hmm. hear that you feel like you're a half version and I'm like that is exactly what I feel like. I know I'm capable of more. I know I have a purpose I'm not fulfilling. I cannot completely tap into it um and i've just been trying to figure it out on my own for too long and i want this to be my year you know i had a client at one point that was who said to me he said you know every year i start the year and i just i say this is going to be it this is my year i mean these are successful highly functioning people that still you know it's like going up the ladder as they say and then you realize oh my god i was on the wrong ladder um the whole time and um and they he, he just said to me at one point he said this is it. This is, this has got to be my year. I I don't want to just talk about that. And that's where I got the name for the program that this, yeah, this is, it's my year this year. It's my year. And what does that look like? And, um, you know, my, one of my favorite exercises in the program and the program is training, it's group coaching, and it's one-on-one coaching that you can get. So it's like, it is the whole package. I can't, I can't think of a better way. It's what I wanted 17 years ago when I had no options and tools or, and I didn't know where to go when I was stumbling. So I tried to put it all together and give people, um, an opportunity to work with coaches. I know sometimes coaching can seem like it's outpriced for people. And so this is just one of those ways that there's no excuse and no reason. It's a, it's a great deal. Um, that's, and I wanted to provide that really is a way of giving back. Um, but, you know, for my – this what was I saying? This program um, is over six weeks. It's really five modules, and they, um, they're released once a week at online. Anybody in the world can take it. I have someone from Brussels who just signed up, um, which is, is fun, um, Belgium. And, you know, and, and, and then you'll, we'll have a series of group coaching calls to complement what you're doing and the exercises that you're doing. So this is really what it is, is starting with that – you know, if it's your last day, what are your regrets and your wishes? What would you say if I died tomorrow that I hadn't got to do or that I would regret not at least having attempted? And starting from those high-level things that um, we have passion for and then drilling it down through your authentic ideas, your inspired um, desires, and all the way down to projects. And I think that's what we all want. You know, I, I love the framework of the three steps to progress are um, – Having a clear target because you can't hit a target you can't see having a mindset aligned with that success and then third having a plan of action for consistent action um, and really I there, you know I think that that second you know we can figure out visions and we can figure out you know our plans and strategies but I think you know what I do a lot in my work is the second one is spending time getting our mindset aligned with what Success looks like. Because- when you say
0: minds, are you talking about like a group of people supporting you or are you talking about within yeah. my own psyche?
2: My own psyche. You okay. know, it's, I, I believe that life can only get as good as you can stand it. And yeah. so sometimes we resist the very things and we, we don't see what is right in front of us. And that's oftentimes, it's like, oh my heavens, this was sitting before me all of the time. Yeah. And so getting ourselves on board on our own train, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, some of my early days, I, I wanted a relationship, a healthy relationship. But once I looked at it, I had no mindset aligned with that actually happening. I thought if it happened, I'll be hurt, rejected. It will be painful. It'll mean I'm weak. I mean, there were all these parts of my mindset that had no way of letting that in. Right. And so once that cleared, I was hit by my, my my husband within six weeks. Nice. You know, so so we talk about people wanting to get a cheap success, being achievement and results, but you know that would be a old school, traditional definition of success. When we back it up, and I think that's the missing part that we do even when we reset for resolutions during the, in the new year, is that we, we're just doing logical, traditional, rational goals, and we don't back up the bus. Oh. <laughs> Backing it up. <laughs> Ted likes to put
1: things, like, right when you're in flow. She said flow. it twice. I had to do it. I know, but sometimes I'll be so in flow, and then he'll put a, something over it. But yes, back We up. will all remember backing up That's bus. right.
0: You're welcome, everybody. Time to back, back it up. Back up
1: your bus. Well, you know what I will say to that is you are so right, and I get such a visual when you say that, because the old model is you set a goal, you want it, you achieve it. And there's a million things that happen in between there. There's, you know, taking a step and stepping backwards. There's having autonomous, you know, where, where you're working on how you see things, how you perceive things, what your history is. A lot of people need a lot of therapy before they can even move into this, this kind of model of goals and success, because they don't even know what those obstacles are. They can't even pinpoint them. They don't have the language, the words, um, you know, if it not be therapy, coaching, you know, like somebody who can actually say, help you know what are these things what are the words we're using what are the what are our old experiences what are our patterns that mm-hmm. we keep repeating and we don't look at that because in even though in our world with the three of us talking we're like yeah everybody looks at that all the time the truth is is that's not held up as being Um, something that people want to talk about. You know what I mean? That's not something that people say, oh, yeah, you know, I talked to my coach yesterday. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess in our world. That's right. But when you go out and you talk to people, um, you know, a little more mainstream about these things, it's not something that people – they sometimes think they're supposed to figure it out themselves is what I'm trying to say and that there's all these steps in between and all these reasons that – Just on a really, you know, on a side note, Todd and I just got back from a yoga class. And as you know, um, it's January whatever today. Mm -hmm. And the yoga classes are packed. Are they? Of course. You know, we can barely get our mat in there. And why is that? Because everybody said January 1st or whatever, I'm going to go to class and I'm going to be there. And I don't know what the statistic is, but you know it's going to drop off in the next couple weeks. And that's because they have the goal and they have a desire, but the the minutiae hasn't been
2: worked Right. And the mindset's not on board. I mean, right. it's, it's sort of like when I, I always say when people, you know, you win a million dollars and then those people, they go back and research and a year later, they have lost all their money because they haven't got a millionaire mindset. Right. They haven't got a mindset that's capable of holding that, that's just foreign to them. It's un- They're uncomfortable with it. And yes. so until our body almost on a cellular level gets comfortable with that, um, it's going to reject it. And that's what's so that's why in the yoga people won't show up. That's right. In thirty in thirty days or less. What a strong thing to say that even when
1: and again, I know you were saying this all along, but just to reiterate that word, sometimes we get we get good things. Well, not sometimes, we get good things all the time. We're shown beautiful things all the time, but we actually reject it because we are afraid of what? that it will be disappointed that we just don't even know how to feel that in our own body
2: like what do you what do you find with the people What? Do, what is the reason we um, reject there's you know it's we all have all different types of beliefs. I mean, success can equal um, then I'm going to be alone, or if 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 I actually have this person in my life, there's always that possibility I'm going to be hurt by that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on if I try a career, it might be or a transition, it might mean my kids are going to not go to the colleges they want. I mean, we tell ourselves all types of things, and those things, those voices, as we know, are the dominant. Those are the things that are going to lead us. When I talk about backing up the bus, I'm talking about making sure that our thoughts and beliefs and our our story is on board with wherever we're headed. Mm -hmm. What I find is that it doesn't – and this is – it doesn't have to take years of therapy. I have tons Mm -hmm. of people that say I've been in therapy for 16 years and we just got through that in one session, you know, and and that you can make shifts so quickly and that's the part that I – that. that motivates me and also at times pains me when I see people walking and I'm just like, oh my God, that is going to repeat until we, It, I, I, to me, what I do is I see myself going in like a doctor with a tweezer and going after a parasite. That's I'm like, right. okay, we are going to pick this little, dangle this parasite out and put it in the glass jar. And that I can see you, from that, that's when results happen, right. you know, very rapidly. And that's what happens to, is like sort of like a a hose that's kinked is mm-hmm. the way I look at it. And it's, it's coming out like a spigot and that we unkink it and all of a sudden it's a fire hose. Mm -hmm. And that is just, it is, it's so fun Mm -hmm. to watch. And, and the point being the fire hose and whatever is achieved is that I just have such a a vision, a passion for that. When we're, when we're operating from that place, that this, as I've said before, is really the way we're going to help our families and improve our communities as you, and I mean, it's the work you're doing. It's improve, you know, the organizations that we lead because when we're in, you know, operating from fear-based places and making decisions in fear-based manners, the whole thing gets out of alignment. It's like a chiropractic adjustment, you know, that we need. And, and so I do think of coaching as a chiropractic adjustment for the mind. It's sort of, okay, we're way off center here. Mm-hmm. And how do we get realigned again with what's really purposeful and true for us and then everything – what's interesting organically and naturally seems to – the plan of action, the vision – we can actually access and hear the vision that we want because it's people I can't, all the time are like, I really – I can't even tell you what I want, Rita. And that – I don't believe that, and they do know it. It's just that it's too scary to put their finger on, mm-hmm. because if they put their finger on, they might not get it, or they might disappoint themselves, or they might not trust themselves. You know, they, they and they're, they're, they're the person that's hardest on themselves really is them. You know, we're always we if we judge others, we judge other, you know, we're judging ourselves a 100 times more. And that's painful.
1: And we don't know where it ends, meaning that, you know, going to like, as I'm thinking as you're talking, and one of my biggest stories is if I go, and this was in my early 30s, if I continue down this path of self awareness, and this spiritual understanding and this depth, I'm going to end up on a mountain somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. meditating, and I'm not going to be with my family. And I'm somehow going to leave them. And if I got to stop this, or else I'm going to reach this crazy place. And you you know, that when that is your belief system, then of course, you're going to throw the obstacles in the way, you know, so that was that was one of the hugest belief systems. And then also understanding that we have the opportunity to reach those, like you said, those higher level value systems that we hold, like I want the world to be a better place, I want to give back to my community, but you can't do that till you're doing that on your level you right. can't do that right. you can 't give back to anybody. until you give them back to yourself right you know and so the, it really is um you know we talk about goals and success, but it really is and again it 's just because I love the word it's self awareness you just have to know yeah. you have to know, and then you have to, like you said, know because knowing is the first step, and then you have to okay. shift
2: it, or what word do you use? you have to shift it you have to i mean if we were using, I thought you were going to use the parasite thing. Extract yeah, the it. parasite. Extract it. Yeah. I mean, and you have to say, okay, this is not true. This, okay, this was a complete fabrication. This is a story, or I need to test it right. and get real on it. That's I mean, right. it's really a, a lot of getting real. You know, let's get real. Let's get real. Um, and you got to, I, I think one of the things we have to treat it like an adventure, that it's fun yeah. to to find this stuff out. I mean, wow, that's amazing that I tied that to that. And therefore, you know, of course, I'm never going to let I'm always going to have, uh, you know, an emotionally unavailable man in my life. I mean, I and I've done that. I mean, I've done these things. Right. Um, what I love and what's fun is to see, you know, people all of a sudden I work with people and they have these fabulous lives. They say, like, Maria, I got it. All these things we talked about, and we wrote about and I did it. And it's and I'm like, oh, baby, you're not done. Mm-hmm. This is you're just beginning because now it's your time to be the teacher and and to be the leader, the conscious leader, which is a deliberate, growth minded, and spiritually awake or self aware person. Mm-hmm. And so that's just when it, when life begins. Is but it, but we always we're never really quote done, as you know. I mean, they we're always on this journey of greater. And when we treat it as fun. And I just love that. Like, like, God, that's cool. You know, practice, practice. So it's it's neat. Yeah.
0: So we have two things. One is you're going to be at the conference. You're going to have a tabletop there, right? So people can meet you and talk to you. But how do people find out more about this online thing?
2: I would just advise everybody to go to Rita at Rita Well, that's my email address, right? Actually, that's my email. But if okay. you just go to Rita there are places all over to put, hit a button and find out more. You can listen to videos. You can um, just sign up. Right? And when that, does it start? It starts on the ja- tw- January 25th, Monday, January 25th. So we've got a couple weeks or we got a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. For, and I will offer to people who sign up for this class it, because... Might be gone by then, but that um, or that are listening today and then and indicate that to me that you will get a complimentary session with me yes. oh, wow. when they do that. If you're a Zen Parenting Radio fan. I love it. So, that is like, like I said, one, se- I just, you know, everyone has different experience, but one session can be the changing. thing that opens up and catapults this year. It's it's a great deal.
0: So if somebody's listening right now, um, go to RitaHuyland.com Rita to understand more about the program. But if they want the free session thing, email you at yes, Rita at, at Rita 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 Highland. Highland. Com. Put Zen in the subject box so they know. Or
1: email her and say, I listened to this show. Yeah, anything
0: yeah. to indicate where yeah. you heard us. So yeah. um, that's and, awesome.
1: Well, and let me say this. Um, whenever people come to me, because I get a lot of emails or texts like I need help with this or I need someone to help me with this. And I can't tell you how many people I have, you know, sent to Rita, or if I don't know if they've contacted you always, but that I have recommended Rita and mm-hmm. said you need to work with this person, or at least you know just you know t- just email her and see what yeah. it's all about. So yeah. I highly recommend her. Thank you, Rita. Thank you.
0: What'd you think of that interview? I love Rita. I thought the interviewers were awesome, <laughs> and so was Rita. So go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, um, you, 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 you. So we have a show coming up this Friday.
1: Yes, another one. Tara Moore. Tara Moore. Tara Moore. Yes. That's what I said. Yes. I keep, Todd had a friend in high school named Tara. Yes. And so he always says Tara, but it's Tara Moore. And as you guys know, she wrote the book Playing Big. We've had her on the show before. She's fantastic. She's all about raising awareness around amplifying women's voices. And um, we really kind of go deep into her book because it's coming out in paperback.
0: Do you want to get the uh, listeners' question real quick or no? Um, I don't care. I'm basically a step-parent mother figure to my partner's four-year-old son who has never had a mother in his life prior to my involvement just after his second birthday. However, in the interim between when the child was born until about six months ago, my partner's mother, the child's grandmother, stepped in and lived with my partner and basically took over most of the parenting duties to ensure the safety and well-being of my partner's son while he was able to get his life in a place where he could financially and mentally uh, be responsible for caring for his child. Now we're in a position to have full custody. So basically grandma helped out, but now they're on their own two feet. Great. Uh, Life seems to be going quite well. However, uh, his son has developed severe aggression, which tends to surface over the most minuscule of disruptions. He's not able to hear the word no. It is my understanding that while the grandmother was caring for the child, she did not imply any sort of discipline or consequences-based teaching, merely frequented using excessive threats regarding things that could never actually happen Mm -hmm. or spanking him Mm. we do not do either of those so for the last year we have worked through transitioning and gotten full custody we have implemented a sturdy consequence system for his negative behavior and or violent outbursts we attempt in every way shape or form to speak with him or to get on his level emotionally to calm him down but it seems like nothing is working We've consulted therapists, and they believe it's due to the transition. But I see something that appears to be more innate than temporary. How do we build him up and give him the self-confidence and self-worth to make the right decisions or the right choices rather than the bad ones which result in negative attention? Hmm. How old is this
1: kid? Three? Uh,
0: four? It doesn't say. It's kind of important.
1: Well, it is. And and again, this is one of these... Um, Questions where there's really no way that I'm going to have necessarily another answer than the therapist that you've been consulting with, um, because Mm -hmm. I don't have all the information. There's no way I can say do this or do that. But what I will say is, you know, focusing on, on you, um, stepmom, uh, when it comes to this, is that the the last line about I think I'm seeing something more innate. um, Everything is is flexible. Meaning, Mm -hmm. this is a young child and i think sometimes our fear will say to us this is just who this person is it's never going to change and you know i'm raising uh, an angry angry person they he may be feeling anger right now but he's not going to how do i say this he it doesn't mean that he can't learn tools to dissipate that anger right it doesn't mean that his life can't stabilize enough where the anger isn't as necessary It doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't making an impact um, because understand that he's had so much change and shifting and uncertainty that, of course, his anger is going to rise up as a defense mechanism because he's so unsure and afraid. And if you can view it that way rather than I think he's just an innately angry person, which I know you're not saying that to be cruel. You're saying it's scaring me. And that's okay to be afraid. But that's how I can support you, you know, through this podcast is is I understand you're afraid, and sometimes we have things with our kids where we go, "Oh my gosh, they're like possessed or something." That's our fear. And if we can really look through that anger and say, "I get it, I understand why he'd be this angry, and I have to be consistent for him.
0: Consistency is key. For her and her partner.
1: Exactly.
0: And then I would add, what energy are they bringing to the situation? Because maybe the first three times they're peaceful and calm and very patient. But I have a feeling if this kid is,
1: is tough, tough
0: yeah. you sometimes meet his energy.
1: Yeah. Like you know? just the situation we were talking right. about, which is something in really benign, like going to Florida, and yeah. this is a good thing. But then it ends up being this thing where we end up meeting their energy, like Todd said. And I also think... That so being aware of that, but also making sure now that you've taken over this huge role in his life, that you are doing everything you can for yourself to make sure your needs are being met. So when you are with him, you are in the most grounded place that you possibly can. You're not going to be in a perfect place. But are when your responsibility got raised with this kid, did you raise your level of self-care? Yeah. Because if you didn't, that's a problem yeah now that you are momming full-time and he needs you guys to be that stable you know partnership you got to figure out ways to get out of that house Mm. and do stuff for you Yeah. you got to figure out ways to have time alone and again this is always hard because people will always say i don't have the money for babysitting whatever get creative consider this the most important thing
0: yeah prioritize prioritize if you can't Be in a good place when dealing with the challenges of your stepson or whoever this person is in your life. That should dictate where your resources are spent.
1: And also make sure for him when it comes to therapists that he has a good match for him. There are a lot of therapists out there who are wonderful, but they may not be a good match for him.
0: Yeah,
1: The thing about finding a therapist, it's almost like finding a good partner. You want to have someone who you feel like gets you, sees you, understands you, and kind of has a similar temperament. And, and you know, sometimes you meet someone, you're like, they're great, but I'm not feeling it. And he may have that experience with the therapist, too. So maybe it is to be more creative with who his caregivers are, yeah. um, uh, you know, like and, and for you, too. Like people will say, "Oh, I've been going to my therapist for two years. I can't stand them." Well, why are you going? Right. Find somebody that you like, that you feel when you walk in the room. Uh, we were just, just as an example. We were at, I had women's circle the other night, and some women were saying, including me, that when we all come together, we go. Like this is like, you know, breath of fresh air. Like you feel safe. You feel secure. You feel like, you know. You know
0: you're going to get listened to. You know you're
1: going to get listened to. Validated. One of my friends said she like literally skips out the door. Like here I'm actually going somewhere I want to go. Yeah. Because during the day there's so many places we don't want to go. So when it comes to getting care, go somewhere where you're really getting care. Right. So that's for you and also for anybody else who's listening because I think that applies to a lot of.
0: I think that advice would apply to most of us. Yeah. So... Sweetie, nice job. Thanks. Um, all right, so Taramore on Friday. Hopefully, uh, you guys listen into that one.
1: And will you end with? Um, oh yeah. Will you end with some Bowie since we were just talking about him? Because this, if you're playing the one, I think, is one of my faves. Because I also love Freddie Mercury. So what a collaboration, right? Yep. Until Vanilla Ice had to take it.
0: I always think of Ice Ice Baby when I hear this song.
1: I know. So let's not think about Ice Ice Baby, and let's think about David Bowie and give thanks for him just being on the planet and bringing us wonderful music and out-of-the-box thinking, and uh, he'll be missed.
0: See you guys next time. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to ZenParentingRadio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com, or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate you can go to the Tribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.